It is 6 p.m. on March 21st, 2023, and I'm going to call the Iowa City City Council meeting to order. Roll call, please. Alter. Here. Fergus. Here. Dunn. Here. Armson. Here. Taylor. Here. Teague. Here. Thomas. Here. All right. Well, welcome to your city hall, to everyone that's here in the audience, and to those online, welcome as well. Our first item is proclamations, item two, 2A, Gender Day of Visibility. Whereas there is no doubt that the transgender community continues to face discrimination here in Iowa and worldwide, be it in the workplace, schools, or society, there is an immense harassment and inequality and whereas Rachel Crandall, a transgender activist, <clears throat> founded this day in 2009 to raise awareness for the incredible burden of discrimination the community faces in every setting imaginable. And whereas the need to bring a day of visibility for the transgender community is indicative of the oppression they face in many sectors of life, Crandall wanted to highlight the fact that the only transgender-centric day that is internationally recognized as Trans Transgender Day of Remembrance, which is in mourning of members of the community who had lost their lives, and there uh, was no day to pay homage to living transgender people. And whereas in the past year, hundreds of anti-transgender bills in the state and states were proposed across America, including here in Iowa, most of them targeting transgender youth. The onslaught has continued this year. These bills are wrong. Efforts to criminalize supportive medical care for transgender kids, to ban transgender children from playing sports, and to outlaw discussing LGBTQI plus people in schools undermines their humanity and corrode our nation's values. And whereas on Transgender Day of Visibility on March 31st annually, we recognize and revere their contributions, successes, and relentless resilience in standing tall and strong in the face of injustice. Now, therefore, I, Bruce Teague, Mayor of Iowa City, who here did do hereby proclaim March 31st, 2023, to be Transgender Day of Visibility. In Iowa City, and call upon all to join us in lifting up the lives and voices of transgender people throughout our community, state, and nation, and for us all to work toward eliminating discrimination against all transgender, gender non-conforming, and non-binary people. And to accept this proclamation, we have two individuals that will come forth. Um, on behalf of the Iowa City Pride, Luck Mark Stone will be accepting. And then from United Action for Youth, it will be Harry Winter Epstein. Great. And that order. Welcome, and please come and say a few words. And I'll give you both this proclamation. Thank you. My name is Lucky Kiche. I um, 
mix, Lucky Kiche. I teach at Grantwood Elementary here in Iowa City, teach sixth grade, and I um, am among so many young queer kids and, and transgender children in my classroom. And um, visibility is incredibly important for us, and this day is also important as well. Um, I want to make sure that as individuals, you're pushing for not just tolerance of trans individuals, um, but acceptance and support and inclusivity, because it's crucial, especially at these times, um, even more to support our children, because they're all we have. Um, I just want you to recognize also that a lot of the time when transgender people are murdered, they will often be um, dead named and they will often be misgendered and um, forgotten as we have noticed for many, many years. And um, individuals of color are more likely to face those threats. Trans women of color are at the top of murders in our nation right now, and they've always have been. Um, and I just want you to recognize that there's no one way to be trans, and um, we are here, and we are experiencing total, you know, craziness in our lives, and everything is chaotic. Um, and I, I don't know whether I'll be able to teach uh, pronouns to my kids, you know, things that are just normal. So uh, thank you for uh, having this day and thank you for having me and us and on behalf of Iowa City Pride and Iowa City and all the kids in my heart that I've taught and haven't taught yet, we appreciate you. Thank you. Hi there. Oh. <laughs> I've never done this before, so please bear with me. Um, as our mayor um, said, my name is Harry, Harry Winter Epstein. Um, I am a trans woman. Um, and I'd just like to say that obviously in the wake of the countless bills of anti-transgender legislation, it means it means truly a lot to see people in positions of power actually, you know, seeing us, recognizing we exist, and appreciating our existence. This proclamation, I mean, it means a lot to me, and I'm absolutely certain it means to a, lo a lot to many, many other people. And I'd just like to say, um, mainly on behalf of myself, but um, I, I suppose on the behalf of um, United Action for Youth, thank you. And um, please, please never stop seeing us. Thank you. I will tell you that this proclamation meant a lot for this council to be able to present in this community at such a time as this. So uh, we will uh, say that you are loved and you are seen and we'll continue to be a beacon voice in unity with you all. All right, we will go on to uh, our consent agenda.
which is items number three through eight. Can I get a motion to approve, please? So moved, Taylor. Second, Second. done. All right, moved by Taylor, seconded by Dunn. Anyone in the public like to address this topic? If so, please come forth. Seeing no one in person or online. Roll call, please. Oh, council discussion. <laughs> Roll call, please. Thomas? Yes. Alter? Yes. Burgess? Yes. Dunn? Yes. Harmson? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Motion passes seven to zero. Can I get motion to accept correspondence for item 7A and 7C? So moved, Alter. Second, Burgess. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes seven to zero. We're at item number nine, which is uh, community comments. This is an opportunity for those in the community that want to speak on any topic that is not on our agenda. Um, and there are sign-in sheets at the back, or you can sign in up front, and we'll welcome you at this time. You have a three-minute limit, three minute limit. Welcome. Okay. Hello. Hello. My name is Brandon Ross, and uh, I apologize for blowing up last time. <laughs> And I promise not to raise my voice tonight. We're happy uh, to see you. It took me about 20 years since I last did that in council, so uh, I'm not going to scream at you. So thank you so much. I'm grateful that uh, that you are here and that you did pay attention. I apologize to some people online, uh, and I appreciate all that you're doing. With that, I would like to say that I'm uh, for democracy uh, and for, for everybody's rights. Uh, I'm anti-fascist and uh, I, I very much so. I would like to say that in lieu uh, that I disagree with a sign, signage that says that Iowa City stands with Ukraine and being of Ukrainian descent myself, uh, I have to say that whenever you see that, it's not really telling the story of who is Ukraine. In 2014, there was a, a violent coup. Uh, that made our January 6th moment look like a picnic. Over 200 people were killed in Ukraine, uh, and over 200 were injured. The government was chased out. This was a right-wing nationalist group, which included fascist groups Voboda, uh, Right Sector, and Azov. They took over the government and chased out the democratically elected president, uh, Viktor Yanukovych, and then they installed a rogue president who was Poroshenko. They same groups uh, then began attacking Donbass, starting with uh, a massacre which killed 47 people, Mariupol. This went on increasingly for eight years, and, uh, and in late 2021, it even got worse. Funding these people with, and giving weapons was the U.S. government, which included not only some from Barack Obama, more so from Donald Trump, who funded these same people, and then uh, right now Biden, all the way up until Russia intervened or engaged or whatever you want to call it, invaded. Uh, this was going on along Russia's border and uh, along Mariupol's border, uh, uh, Donbass's border. And 16,000 people died in those eight years. This war is nine years old, not one, okay? 
I support people of Ukraine, but I do not support the fascist right-wing nationalists that took over the government. I support democracy. I do not support the overthrow of the government. I do not support the U.S. supporting of the overthrow of that government, which they did. I do not support the arming of that government, which the U.S. did for eight years until Russia came in. And it's important to know these things, to know that when you say I support Ukraine, you're only supporting, if you're supporting the government, only a minority of people who have taken over. Please call for peace and negotiations Thank from you. your leaders. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Anyone else like to address a topic that is not on our council agenda? Welcome. Hi there. Yes. Amy Kretkowski, Kretkowski. Thank you. That's <laughs> just like it's written, sorry. Kretkowski, I'm not gonna take the heat for it, it's my husband's name, not mine. <laughs> um, what city are you from? I'm from Iowa City. Welcome. And uh, I'm here to, I heard some of the, uh, the work session, not all of it. Um, and so I'll address just the stuff that I heard. Uh, thank you very much for taking a look at the, uh, the memo that I sent. Um, hopefully you'll get a chance to not just look at the cover sheet, but also the broader memo that was provided um, in advance of the Parks and Rec Commission meeting that didn't happen, so maybe you take a look at that. Um, but thank you for taking a, a look at that. Um, uh, the one thing that I heard said was that um, that the the request for qualifications um, covers many of the issues that I pointed out in the memo, um, and I think the first point was that hiring someone with an engineering degree um, to be the uh, consultant would take care of that. I would disagree with that. I don't think that hiring someone with an engineering degree is the same thing as hiring a structural engineer to do a full, complete evaluation to figure out what's wrong with with the pool um, also the, there was a point made about why that I, I said why are we focusing on non pool users um, my, my point was not that we shouldn't focus on non pool users but it seems to me that the RFQ is emphasizing non pool users over pool users that was really the point um, I also I've gone through the raw survey uh, response materials, and I would encourage all of you to do the same, to go through that raw um, information, because I, I couldn't find, and if you can tell me where, where it is in there that, some, that people are saying that they're not comfortable getting into that pool, I'd like to see that, because I, I could not find that in the raw survey um, responses. Um, I do believe that any, any new design process needs to have broad public input and that it shouldn't be done just with these limited focus groups and the material that was in the master plan. About the pool not being ADA compliant, I would encourage you to look at the audit that was completed in 20, 2018 and I will send you, if you don't have it, I'll send you copies of that. What is not ADA compliant, really not ADA compliant, is all the stuff leading up to the pool the restrooms and the walkways, that's what's not ADA compliant. There are some things that I'm sure now, since this was done, um, were not, um, are not ADA compliant, but that's not, that's not the focus of the ADA audit. Finally, um, having the current design be one of the proposed designs is not limiting. Ask the consultant to come up with four designs, five designs. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else like to address a topic that is not on our agenda? Welcome. 
Hello, my name is John Downer. I'm a longtime Iowa City resident, and I'd like to follow up what Amy was saying about the uh, configuration of City Park Park Pool. It's ideal for swimmers, for water polo players, for a lot of kids. That design, the footprint does not need to change, okay? It can be modified, and I'm in favor of repair as opposed to replacement. Thank you. Thank you. It, you want to leave your name in that basket? Thank you. Anyone else like to address a topic that is not on our agenda? Seeing no one in person or online. We're going to move on to item number 10, which is 10A, rezoning North Dodge Street and North Scott Boulevard. Ordinance conditionally rezoned in approximately 3.87 acres of property located north of the North Dodge Street and North Scott Boulevard intersection from commercial office zone to community commercial zone with a planned development overlay for approximately 2.0 acres 2.04 acres and to low density multiple family residential with a planned development overlay for approximately 1.83 acres. And this is a motion to pass and adopt. Can I get a motion, please? So moved, Thomas. Question, question point of procedure. Is, is this, am I looking at the wrong thing or are we looking at setting a public hearing? No. no. Pardon me. Pardon me. So moved by Thomas. Second. Seconded by Alter. Anyone like to address this topic from the public? Seeing no one in person or online, council discussion. Roll call, please. Alter? Yes. Burgess? Yes. Dunn? Yes. Harmson? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Motion passed to seven to zero. Item 11. Uh, a is Mercer Park Aquatic Center and Scallion Gym Exterior Accessibility and Lightning Improvements. I'm going to open the public hearing and we're going to start with comments from Ben Clark. Welcome. So um, our project has three objectives here. One is to replace a bunch of old pavement and then improve um, accessibility and then also replace um, the original lighting to the exterior of the building. Here's a picture sh showing um, some of the pavement in front of the building. It's um, kind of past its useful life here. Uh, the sidewalk entrance to the building heaves a lot in the wintertime. It's a trip hazard. We've had a number of calls about that. We've got some damaged pavement around the, around the outside of the building. Excuse me. 
Um, in front of the building, um, there are some deficiencies with ADA parking. Sorry here. Um, no van accessible spaces. The signs aren't quite up to code. We've got curb ramps. And then also grades are a little bit too steep in some places. Um, for lighting, we're going to replace these two pole lights with um, an LED fixture. We'll replace some of the canned lighting around the building with um, a bollard-style LED fixture. Got uh, quite a bit of energy savings with these LED fixtures. And then the way we're going to bid the project is we'll have a base bid that includes all of the pavement in front. And with that, that'll allow us to change some of the grades to make them ADA compliant. And then if budget allows, we'll do additional paving in the parking lot. And then we have a second alternate for the sidewalk around the exterior of the building. Um, so the schedule will be um, to take bids in April. It'll be in front of you towards the end of April to award, award the project. Construction can start as early as May. It'll be done towards the end of September. And then we're going to have a few different phases to try to keep the entrance of the, the building open as much as possible. There, there will be a two-week shutdown, and we'll try to coordinate that with um, maintenance to the pool. So the estimate's 305,000. We've got a alternate one would be 12, and then 39 for alternate two. So with that, do I have any questions? What accounts for the, I mean, those three, um, the very last slide that you had of the bid or of the estimate, and then the two <coughs> alternates were significantly lower. I'm assuming that that means certain pieces would be taken out. Yeah. So. The area in front, this is the base bit. So that's that's the work that needs to be done to sort of adjust the grades in front of the building. And so that would be our base base amount of work. And then the, the first alternate is just um, fixing some stalls down in the parking lot. Okay. And so if we're not able to award those within our budget, you know, we can always come back and do that as a separate project. And that would be the same with the second alternate is the sidewalk around the back of the building. Thank you. You could think of alternates as add-ons to the project if, if um, budget allows. So not not central to the core of the of the project, but uh, if we get good bids, we'll we'll do a little extra. Just as far as the timing of this happening this year, is there any consideration relating to potential changes of the footprint of this um, Mercer Scanlon facility? Um, are you talking about? Um, maybe a proposed building addition in yeah. front. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if that were to happen, it, it really wouldn't, this would still need to happen in order to change the grades for, okay. for entrance to the building. They might take out a little bit of the new pavement. Mm -hmm. I don't see it hap happening too much. Great, thank you. Any other questions for Ben? Thank you. Anyone from the public like to address this topic? Please come forward at this time. Seeing no one in person or online, I'm gonna close the public hearing. Could I get a motion to approve, please? So moved, Harmson. Second, Alter. Council discussion. 
example, this is in my neighborhood. I step out my front door and I, I see this facade and I, I'm very excited to, to see more improvements, increases to accessibility. Um, and I think everyone here would, would say about the same, but this is very close to my heart. So uh, thank you for, for staff and working for this. And uh, I hope we're able to get some good bids and get the rest of the projects taken care of. Quick question, will this coincide with any of the other work that I think we're looking at for Mercer, like the uh, tennis courts, pickleball, baseball? Separate projects. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Roll call, please. Burgess? Yes. Dunn? Yes. Harmson? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Alter? Yes. Motion passed to seven to zero. 11C, 700,000 general obligation bonds. Resolution instituting pro, you missed 11 Okay. Sorry about that. I did. We're gonna take a step back and go to item number 11B. All right, so this is $7,610,000 of general obligation bonds, resolution instituting proceedings to take additional action for the insurance of not to exceed $7,610,000 general obligation bonds of the city of Iowa City, state of Iowa. And I'm gonna open the public hearing and welcome to our finance director. Good evening, Mayor and Council. So I'm actually going to be covering items 11B through 11F, which will cover the entire bond issue, which is about $9.7 million. It's made up of the $7.6 million of essential purpose and then three $700,000 issues of general purpose bonds. So last uh, council meeting, the bond hearing was set. We're here on March 21st for the four public hearings on the bond and then also the pre-levy authorization resolution. Um, on April 11th, we'll be holding our rating call with Moody's. Um, on April 18th, we'll come back with resolutions to direct the advertisement of the sale and to approve our official statement. Uh, May 2nd is when we'll receive an open bids. Uh, May 16th, we'll be back again with another resolution authorizing the issuance of these bonds. And then on June 1st, the um, sale of the bonds will close. This particular issue covers a lot of different projects. That's the entire list of what we're funding with GEO bonds, this issue. As you can see, the largest of that is the Gilbert Street Bridge, and then also the fire apparatus, which I believe is replacing three different fire trucks. So we also have a few parks and some of the recreation improvements and some improvements to some of the fire stations. So this is included as part of the 2023 amended budget in the five-year capital improvement plan. Um, it's incorporated into our current and future tax levy projections. And as it always is, it's sold in a comp competitive bidding process. Um, as I stated earlier, this presentation will cover all items 11B to 11F. Any questions? Nicole, in your memo, you mentioned um, a reverse referendum <laughs> for those the $700,000 bonds. Can you just explain what that is? I'm not sure that I can because I'm not sure that has ever happened. <laughs> um, I believe if enough people petition, then it could have to go to vote. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Any other questions for Nicole? <clears throat> All right, 
Anyone from the public like to address this topic? Seeing no one in person or online. I'm gonna close the public hearing. Can I get a motion to approve, please? So moved, Thomas. Second. Second, Burgess. Moved by Thomas, seconded by Burgess. Council discussion. Roll call, please. Dunn? Yes. Harmson? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Alter? Yes. Burgess? Yes. Motion passes 7 to 0. Item 11C is 700,000 general obligation bonds, resolution instituting proceedings to take additional action for the insurance of not to exceed 700,000 general obligation bonds of the City of Iowa City, State of Iowa. I'm going to open the public hearing. And anyone from the public like to address this topic? Seeing no one online or in person, I'm going to close the public hearing. Can I get a motion to approve, please? So moved, Alter. Second, Burgess. All right. Council discussion. Roll call, please. Harmson? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Alter? Yes. Burgess? Yes. Done. Yes. Motion passes seven to zero. Item number 11D is 700,000 general obligation bonds, resolution instituting proceedings to take additional action for the insurance of not to exceed 700,000 general obligation bonds of the city of Iowa City, state of Iowa. I'm gonna open up the public hearing. Anyone from the public like to address this topic? Seeing no one in person or online, I'm gonna close the public hearing. Could I get a motion to approve, please? So moved, Burgess. Second, Harmson. Council discussion. Roll call, please. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Alter? Yes. Burgess? Yes. Dunn? Yes. Harmson? Yes. Motion passes 7 to 0. Item 11 E is 700,000 general obligation bonds. Res resolution instituting proceedings to take adi additional action for the insurance of not to exceed 700,000. General obligation bonds of the city of Iowa City, state of Iowa. I'm going to open up the public hearing. Anyone like to address this uh, topic from the public? Seeing no one in person or online, I'm going to close the public hearing. Can I get a motion to approve, please? So move, Taylor. <laughs> Moved by Taylor, seconded by Dunn. Council discussion. So I guess um, since we're going through this really quickly, just for those that are paying attention, uh, we're doing a lot of the same amount, $700,000 700, general obligation bonds, and that's because we couldn't put them all in one lump sum. The max is $700,000 general obligation bonds that we can do in at one time. So I just wanted to make note of that. For, for general corporate purposes, yes. Yes. And that's so, why the first one was for essential corporate purposes. Where, yes. Yeah. Yes. So... For anyone that's tracking and trying to figure out what we're doing. All right. <laughs> Roll call, please. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Alter? Yes. Burgess? Yes. Dunn? Yes. Harmson? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Motion passes 7 to 0. Item number 11F is 2023 Gold Bond Pre Levy Authorization. This is a resolution authorizing the issuance of 9,710,000 general obligation bonds, series 2023, and levying a tax for the payment thereof. Can I get a motion to approve, please? So moved, Alter. Second, Burgess. 
All right. Uh, anyone from the public like to address this topic? Seeing no one in person or online, council discussion. Roll call, please. Thomas? Yes. Alter? Yes. Burgess? Yes. Dunn? Yes. Harmson? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Motion passes 7 to 0. <laughs> Item 11G is ARPA Nonprofit Capital Grant Preliminary Funding Recommendations. Uh, can I get a motion to approve, please? So moved. Done. Second. Alter? All right. Did I read the first part of that? <laughs> okay. I read the item title, but not the resolution. Yeah, yeah that's what I, it, yeah. It, it, I'll, yeah. So I'll just read the, uh, the resolution. The resolution approving preliminary funding recommendations under the, under the American Rescue Plan Act funded nonprofit capa uh, capacity building capital grant program. Um, and it was moved by Done, done and seconded by Alter. Great. All right. And we're going to welcome uh, Rachel Kilberg, our assistant city manager. Hi, everyone. Um, I'll just provide some brief background and then talk a little bit about the item before you. So uh, back in December, under your direction, uh, city staff launched this nonprofit capacity building capital grant program. And if you refer back to that uh, update memo that Cassie presented at the work session, that was one of your initial spending uh, priorities that you established for ARPA funds. So $3 million was allocated to the program. The purpose was to fund transformative capital projects that would ultimately help an agency uh, increase their capacity to serve the community. Just due to uh, kind of the complexity and length of time it takes for capital projects to take place, this program followed a little bit of a modified application process. So we first issued a request for statements of interest. We received eight letters of interest from different agencies in the community. And then a review committee consisting of myself, some staff from NDS, uh, and two council representatives, which was Mayor Pro Tem uh, and Councilor Burgess, uh, reviewed those applications um, and then uh, determined to invite a subset of those in for kind of an informational project interview. Um, so those interviews were conducted um, and then uh, that review committee agreed upon these two preliminary funding recommendations before you. So the first would be a $1 million award to free medical clinic. Uh, in short, that adds about seven to eight additional clinic space, specialty care clinic spaces, um, makes some ADA accessibility improvements and then builds out some dedicated dental operatory space to enable them to expand uh, that service. Free Medical Clinic's original request was actually less than that, um, but after we uh, the, the review committee um, interviewed them about the project, uh, we believed that their request was insufficient to really meet what that current demand was um, and would lead to capacity building. So the clinic reported that there was a three-month waiting list for chronic care and a one-year waiting list uh, for dental services. They anticipate that when some temporary pandemic-related expansions to the Medicaid program end, uh, I think here this spring um, that will likely increase that demand um, and they've kind of done some surveying of the community as they've gone through their strategic plan and have found there's kind of a perception out there that you can't get into free medical clinic uh, due to those waiting lists. Um, so that's the first uh, preliminary funding recommendation. And then the second would uh, fund $2 million to neighborhood centers of Johnson County. And this would seed a capital campaign to enable them to acquire and renovate um, a new community center uh, in a targeted neighborhood 
located where they um, serve families. Um, so the project would add um, at least 50 early childhood um, education childcare slots, some youth after-school programming classrooms, a computer lab, some multi-purpose family meeting rooms, a kitchen, and then space for some of those satellite community services to come in, a library, a food bank, uh, other social service agencies uh, in the community. So this financing model will allow what they originally proposed would allow them to kind of phase scope the project depending on the outcomes of their capital campaign. Um, they they re originally requested a $3 million reward, but as the review committee was kind of weighing all our options, um, we ultimately recommended a $2 million award just uh, in order to be able to fund kind of two transformational projects and believing that that $2 million uh, seed fund was still um, significant towards their capital campaign goals. Um, so the resolution before you um, would kind of signal approval of these preliminary funding recommendations and then that would authorize uh, staff to go back to both of these agencies, flesh out kind of a full proposal, um, develop those ARPA grant agreements, and then that would come back before you for final approval, probably separately. Happy to take any other questions or? Hearing none, thank you. Anyone from the public like to discuss this topic? Please come forth now. Seeing no one online or in person, council discussion. Well, these are, I think, uh, certainly two transformational projects. I'm really thrilled with them. Um, and uh, I think, as you know, I'm very keen on the idea of neighborhood centers. Now, this is neighborhood centers of Johnson County. It's sort of a subset of this gen more general concept that I'm uh, very strongly supportive of, and that is the idea of having places within our neighborhoods that serve as centers. And um, this certainly is a wonderful expression of it. Hearing the program, it's really a very impressive array of activities that are associated with this particular project. So it's really great to see. I hope that, um, in my mind, these sorts of projects may be models for future such centers. Um, once we have an idea of how they operate and function and cost and their value. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm very, very supportive of this item. I think just speaking uh, for myself, but also for my uh, better half, who is the other kind of doctor in the house, um, prov providing and supporting free medical care is is uh, so important, uh, especially in our in our society that has a for-profit medical system for many people that leaves so many people out in the cold. Um, and uh, without the care they need. And so increasing the capacity um, for both uh, what we think of traditionally as medical care uh, and then uh, kind of breaking out the dental care part of it, which is incredibly important. It should be part of health care. I don't know how people, um, it's kind of weird that we don't think of those as one kind of, you know, kind of in the same same category or bucket. So uh, it's good that we're able to um, to use this money for those kinds of things. It's just so important um, to help people in our community to have access to the kinds of uh, transformational health care. Um, you know, being healthy, if you, if, you, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of an old saying. And so, um, and thank you to the people who do that work uh, day in and day out at the pre-medical clinic. 
I echo uh, Councillor Harmson's comments. If you've never been or toured the free medical clinic, I would encourage you to do so. It's just an amazing facility, and this can only help improve that. Uh, uh, expanding their services is, is amazing, and as a healthcare professional, that is important to me to, to know that uh, there is a service in our community that can help to provide uh, healthcare uh, to the citizens that can't always make it uh, or don't have insurance for uh, the big institution in this community. Um, I'm happy to per, uh, support this, uh, these two agencies. I think the Neighborhood Centers of Jones County um, has proven um, within the community how they can really reach out to a diverse population, uh, which is within our city. Um, and then the free medical clinic, I have to say I'm excited about this one because uh, when I first came to Iowa City, I had to get my wisdom, my, I had some tooth pain, Ooh. I had to get my wisdom tooth pulled, and it was Dr. Parrott that actually did pull my wisdom tooth, and so um, just in thinking about um, what he's contributed, this is a way to really even honor some of the work that people have done. So I was super excited to do this. I'll just very briefly speak to the process of the selection. Thank you, Rachel, for your, your summary of that. But I really just want to emphasize that, you know, having been involved in other, you know, selection processes and groups like that, uh, really commend Rachel's leadership on this and the level of organization and care that went into both soliciting the statements of interest and then kind of working with applicants to flesh out, you know, what they could be bringing folks in for interviews. And I think think empowering um, those of us on council who got to participate with like really robust sort of uh, way to consider the factors and to come to consensus. So it was just a really excellent process and makes me proud that um, we took that level of care for allocating these funds. And the other thing I would say is just encourage you to look um, at the other projects that were submitted to. I think this process of dream big and tell us what you could do with one to three million dollars um, really surfaced some amazing ideas and I think you know uh, certainly with the way that we, just the last few years and how we've been thinking about transitions and change and resilience and things that need to happen in our community um, made me really excited and hopeful for the future that our um, nonprofit agencies are thinking so strategically and towards the future. So I hope we can help find more resources. Uh, I'll make my comments brief. I think I'm going to look at this a little bit different. Um, I want to emphasize to folks in the community that this is an investment that's going to absolutely return on its on its uh, dollar amount, right? Every every dollar that we put into preventative medicine or poverty reduction pro programs is going to reduce the amount of taxpayer dollars, whether it's from the state, local, federal government, that are spent on emergency care, which is often much more expensive. Um, as a poverty reduction thing, uh, making it so that already limited income folks don't have to spend their limited income to survive, I see no other no other uh, option than to uh, than to vote for this. This is this is good policy, and thank you for the staff that prepared this, and thank you to the uh, incredible folks in our community that that work to make these programs possible. I just want to echo what. Um Councilor Burgess said primarily, first of all, Rachel, thank you so very much, um, and to all staff who worked so hard to put this together, and also who kind of conceptualized, not just like, well, 
let's do a standard RFP, but really to say, let's invite people to say what can be transformative, what can be visionary. And um, we got back even, even and especially projects that we didn't fund. I think that these are seeds for what we can do. And when I say we, I mean the city supporting the efforts of, of others over time. But um, it, really, we just got some amazingly visionary projects that, that, that took that sort of suggestion of think big and, and run with it, what could happen. Um, and I have a lot of confidence that that kind of spirit and that now that those collaborations and that kind of thinking has started, it's not going to get stuffed back into a closet somewhere. So I just want to say it was a really amazing uh, group to work with. And um, just thanks again for everybody who was involved in it. And yeah, I mean, I echo what everyone else said. These are going to be incredibly important uh, projects for the community. Roll call, please. Alter? Yes. Burgess? Yes. Dunn? Absolutely. Harmson? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Motion passes 7 to 0. Item number 11H, fiscal year 23, racial equity and social justice grant allocations. This is a resolution adopting the racial equity and social justice grant allocations for fiscal year 2023. There was a request um, to defer this until our April 4th, 2023 meeting. Could I get a motion to defer, please? So moved, Fergus. Second, Alter. And roll call, please. Fergus? Yes. Dunn? Abstain. Harmson? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Alter? Yes. Motion passes six to zero with one abstention. All right. Item number 12 is council appointments. 12A is Civil Service Commission. Uh, this There is one vacancy to fill an unexpired term upon appointment through April 6, 2026. And council discussion. There are three applicants. And no gender. I don't know if I actually know that. Right. Yeah, there's one male and one female on the commission. Yep, so no gender balance needed. I would just throw out after looking through those, I thought that uh, Ashley Jennings jumped off as probably the best fit for this, at least from these applications, although they were all good applicants, of course. They were. I, I know, I, if I read the applications correctly, she was, she was the one of the three that had a preference for working on civil service, right. which I always, you know, when you see someone who that's their their preferred, you know, appointment, I always give that some some weight. I can support Ashley as well. And I, uh, as I sometimes do when they're older applications, I gave this applicant a call to say, hey, you applied 10 and a half months ago. Are you still interested? And she said, yes. Oh. <laughs> so responsible. That's awesome. All right, so can I get a motion to appoint Ashley Jennings to the Civil Service Commission? So moved, done. Second, Burgess. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes seven to zero. Announcement, uh, item number 13, 13A is announcements of vacancies new. Senior Center Commission, one vacancy to fill an unexpired term upon appointment through December 31st. Applications must be received by 5 p.m. Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. Can I get a motion to accept correspondence? So moved, Burgess. Second, Taylor. 
All right. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes 7 to 0. Item number 14 is an announcement of vacancies previous. 14 uh, well, we're at 14A, Parks and, Rec <laughs> Parks and Recreation Commission, one vacancy to fill an unexpired term upon appointment December 31st, 2024. Applications must be received by 5 p.m. Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. Historic Preservation Commission, East College Street, one vacancy to fill an unexpired term. Historic Preservation Commission, Jefferson Street, one vacancy to fill a three-year term. Historic Preservation Commission, Woodland Avenue, one vacancy to fill an unexpired term. Vacancies will remain open until filled. We're at item number 15, City Council information. I just have a cool thing that I can share. Uh, the other week, uh, the uh, student representatives from USG came uh, down to the Capitol to uh, lobby on a number of bills, and I got to take them up to the uh, the Dome, which was a great uh, experience for them and myself. Um, I would highly encourage counselors to reach out to them and uh, learn more about the legislation that they're trying to advocate for, one uh, piece of which the checklist uh, was actually approved by the, the House. Uh, so hoping for passage in the Senate and a better outcome for our renters, especially students. Great. Great news. I will mention next Tuesday at, uh, will be the South District Marketing Market Ribbon Cuttings, um, and I believe it's at 4.30 p.m., so that'll be exciting. Um, I just want to give folks a formal heads up. I guess I've spoken with all of you except for Pauline and John who are meeting later this week that um, at the date of our budget public hearing, which is April 4th that we just set this evening, um, I plan to be proposing an amendment uh, to the allocation in the budget relating to the shift that I've been talking about for community safety um, based on the open police officer positions that we have now and other opportunities that we have for enhancing neighborhoods and other other ways to create safety in the community. So I just wanted to make sure everyone had a heads up about that. And if you want to speak with me more about it at any point, please do. I also make mention that um, this Friday um, at the Engler Theater, uh, the um, Inside Out Reentry is having a fundraiser, their biggest fundraiser, um, and it's going to be called the Mystery Hour, and they have jo Jeff Houdin coming as their special guest. He's a comedian and a talk show host and from Springville, Missouri, so it should be pretty interesting. And he's from Iowa City. He is from Iowa City, yeah. I have one other thing. Uh, if people are still interested in, uh, you know, advocacy and volunteerism for uh, the Ukrainian cause, uh, there is going to be a volunteer event at the Coralville Public Library in Meeting Room B, uh, hosted by some native Ukrainians as well as the Iowa International Center um, to make trench candles uh, to try to raise some funds for uh, refugee services here in the United States and uh, in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Any other items? Also, that's going to happen on Wednesday the 29th, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Sorry. Critical details. Great. 
We're going to move on to item number 16, report on items from city staff, city manager's office. Nothing tonight, Mayor. City attorney's office. Nothing for me, thank you. City clerk's office. Nothing from us, thanks. All right, item number 17, can I get a motion to adjourn from the formal meeting back to our work session? So I'll move, Taylor. Second, Alter. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes 7-0. to zero.